So, <clears throat> good morning. And this is a new look. And uh, I'm checking here to see where you are. On the right and in the middle and on the left. Uh, my notes, uh, the notes for the sermon are on the back of your bulletin. Um, but in some ways, this might seem like a strange subject uh, to speak on. And um, I'll just tell you, to start with, that I've been asked to uh, teach a workshop at, at the Anabaptist Sexual think it's called Sexual Abuse Awareness Symposium. It's in two weeks, and I was given a workshop topic uh, called The Modesty Misunderstanding, and I've expanded that a little bit, both for this and for that, and this is a uh, summary. This sermon is a summary of that workshop. Uh, I'm going to discuss... Uh, three main things here. The meaning of modesty according to Scripture, ways modesty and submission are misunderstood and I think misused. And three, discuss wholesome ways we can address the modesty and submission issues. So I'm aware this morning that um, some of the things that I will say this morning uh, might surprise you, uh, maybe not sound like what you normally hear when you hear the subject, uh, and I don't, I don't want to, uh, maybe the word is disrupt you, um, but after listening to people's stories for maybe 50 years, I believe, I'm confident, that the things I'm going to say this morning are true. Um, I'm, not, I'm not going to cover everything that's true, probably. I don't have time, and I probably don't know what they are. Uh, so one of the challenges in this kind of sermon is to be balanced, and uh, I may be, may not be, uh, in your judgment. I'm trying to be even-handed, and um, <clears throat> if you will, um, I welcome your response. You, your response will be helpful to me. It might even help me pre prepare for this workshop. So I'm going to begin with the scriptures that I'm using, and uh, all of these I'm reading in the New King James. 1 Timothy 2, 8 to 15. I desire, therefore, that the men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. In like manner also that the women adorn themselves in modest apparel, with propriety and moderation, not with braided hair or gold or pearls or costly clothing. I feel like I need to stop here because I don't think I have this in my notes. <laughs> and while I'm thinking about it, this braided hair, um, 
used to puzzle me a great deal because our women had braided hair. And so I thought, we are disobeying the Scripture. All right? So the point here is what was put in braided hair, which was decorative additional apparel. It wasn't just the braided hair. It was what was added to it. Not with braided hair or gold or pearls or costly clothing, but which is proper for women professing godliness with good works. Let a woman learn in silence with all submission. And I do not permit a woman to teach or to have authority over a man, but to be in silence. For Adam was formed first, then Eve. And Adam was not deceived, but the woman, being deceived, fell into transgression. Nevertheless, she will be saved in childbearing if they continue in faith, love, and holiness with self-control. First Timothy 3, 2. A bishop then must be blameless, the husband of one wife, temperate, sober-minded, of good behavior, hospitable, able to teach. 1 Peter 3, 1-7. Wives, likewise, be submissive to your own husbands, that even if some do not obey the word, they, without a word, may be won by the conduct of their wives. When they observe your chaste conduct accompanied by fear, do not let your adornment be merely outward, arranging the hair, wearing gold, or putting on fine apparel. Rather, let it be the hidden person of the heart with the incorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is very precious in the sight of God. For in this manner, in former times, the holy women who trusted in God, also adorned themselves, being submissive to their own husbands, as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughters you are if you do good and are not afraid with any terror. Husbands, likewise, dwell with them with understanding, giving honor to the wife as to the weaker vessel and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers may not be hindered. <clears throat> so the, the biblical meaning of modesty. So modesty is translated from the Greek word cosmos, and I don't know how many of you recognize that word, but it's a word that is often used, not just religious, in religious settings, but uh, many different writing, people writing, speaking, cosmos, the world. Uh, so, modesty is translated from the Greek word cosmos, cosmos, or Greek words derived from cosmos. And they are translated, mean or are translated, world, universe, humanity, order, adornment, or harmonious arrangement. According to Scripture, the uh, physical world, cosmos, is created, adorned, 
and held together by God and maybe technically Jesus uh, in a harmonious and beautiful manner that draws our minds to God and draws us toward worship of the Creator because of its order and arrangement. In relation to people, modesty means the harmonious arrangement of the, first of all, the inner life, and then the harmonious arrangement of the inner and outer life, the two then agreeing to be well-ordered or well-mannered, balanced, measured, controlled, honorable. This, This is who a modest person is. The passages in Scripture that speak of modesty of women and men are speaking of people who are upright, people of integrity. They are honorable people, virtuous, uh, both inwardly in spirit and outwardly in their behavior. And um, I didn't do anything with this, but uh, I was fascinated with this idea that the word cosmetic Uh, which means to order or adorn or dress, uh, also comes from the same Greek word as modest. So there's an appropriate uh, cosmetic and an inappropriate one. The biblical command to be modest is given to both women and men, which I never really thought about before I studied this. Uh, And I think I didn't think about it because uh, there's no verse that, in the King James, that uses the word modest in relation to men. So of men, uh, 1 Timothy 2.8 I desire, therefore, that the men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. Uh, Now, the word translated modest is not in this verse. Uh, But what it's saying is men should be characterized by prayer and not by deep-seated anger or an argumentative, or questioning, or doubtful, hesitating, insecure spirit. So the way I would summarize that verse, I would say that it's uh, calling men to be spiritually and emotionally mature. 1 Timothy 3, 2 uh, reads, a bishop then must be blameless, the husband of one wife, temperate, sober-minded, of good behavior, hospitable, able to teach. And the in the King James, the uh, words of good behavior are a translation of the same Greek word that's translated modest in relation to women. It's the same idea that they be well-mannered, measured, controlled, honorable. 
uh, in spirit and in behavior. So then we have in 1 Peter 3, uh, instructions to women and also to men, and uh, that, that husbands dwell with their wives with understanding, giving honor to the wife as to the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers may not be hindered. So, again, no, no uh, Greek word in this, um, no, no English word in this verse is translated from a Greek word meaning modest, uh, but the verse describes husbands as being well-mannered and uh, as viewing his marriage as a joint endeavor, a joint partnership, because they are heirs together of the grace of life. Uh, so it, it um, presents the husband as possessing a quiet strength and being understanding um, and respectful of the needs of their wives, lest their prayers be hindered. So, um, I think one thing I'd want to say is that I believe the failure of men, husbands, to be modest in, in the true meaning of the word uh, contributes, I'll say contributes to uh, women being immodest as well. So then, of women, women being modest, um, this is in First Timothy 2, uh, verses that I read, and First Peter 3. Uh, <clears throat> I have three main words there of women, uh, summary words of women, and that is uh, modest, submissive, and silent. Uh, modest, that women be modest, that their inner quiet spirit be expressed in their outer speech, behavior, and appearance that the outer beauty of a woman be the result of inner character and not the result of external finery. I think this is what these verses are teaching. Both passages emphasize the importance of an upright, tranquil, undisturbed, maybe, inner moral character that is expressed in one's appearance and manner of life. The idea is that a woman's external beauty should be the result of the inner character and that a woman should not be agitated or, I'll use the word, seductive in spirit, behavior, or appearance. Uh, the word submissive, uh, to be in submission to someone means to rank under someone to look to someone for direction or leadership. 
And this is expressed in 1 Timothy 2.12 by the statement that a woman should not teach or exercise authority over men. Of course, men are, are uh, submissive to others too. It's the same idea to be under um, someone to receive direction from someone else. Submission of women to men is rooted in their differing roles, uh, not in the superiority of men over women. In other words, I'm saying it's not the result women are smart, uh, men are smarter, uh, brighter, better at math, Whatever they might be, but that is not, uh, it's not about superiority, it's about roles. And according to scripture, uh, women should not attempt to, in the King James word, is usurp, uh, which is the idea of should not attempt to seize and hold by force and without right their husband's leadership role. Now, according to uh, these verses, God established this order and role at creation. And this order was violated when Eve was deceived by the serpent and offered Adam the fruit, and then he sinned too. Now, uh, I feel like I need to say, to be fair and honest about it, um, I believe Adam committed an even greater sin than Eve because he knew better. So that's my evaluation of that. He was not deceived. Scripture says he was not deceived and he knew what he was doing. But for whatever reason, he didn't do what he knew was right. So this, this order, the roles, was established at creation with Adam being created first and, and then the reference to that Eve was deceived. And then there's the word silent that women be silent. Um, the Greek word translated silence means tranquility. Tranquility arising from within, not agitated. And it does not mean no sound. It's not talking about women can't make a sound. I'm smiling. It's the idea that the sounds they make are made with a tranquil spirit. Uh, the connection between modesty and submission, I believe, is especially evident in 1 Timothy 2, 11, 12, when women are instructed to be tranquil in spirit and not agitated. 
these submissives. So my summary here is both men and women can be immodest. Men can overpower women with their strength. Their suggestive speech, I'm being, I'm being very particular here. Men can overpower women with their strength, suggestive speech, inappropriate touch made to look appropriate, or roving eyes that subdue women instead of a man having a quiet, protective strength and leadership. And women can be immodest uh, and seduce men by exposing and flaunting their bodies and women are often guilty of ungodly seduction of men because they fail to practice their beautiful, restful spirit. And I think all of us know these things are true. And I would also say the, these things are not uh, just the result of how people dress. They are the result of their heart and their attitude, and, and how they uh, handle themselves. Ways modesty and submission are misunderstood and misused. Okay, I have several. Uh, one is the instructions we give women often reverse the scriptural roles of men and women. So, according to Scripture, the man or husband is the life giver, the protector, the praying spiritual leader. He's attentive to spiritual things, engaged in spiritual things, concerned about spiritual things. He's an upright person. He's morally upright, self-controlled, unselfish and easily entreated. And he is not angry, insecure, or argumentative. So the man is a leader. He should be leading out in these graces. The instruction to wives in 1 Peter 3 that they be submissive to their husbands so that unbelieving husbands can become a Christian um, that, that is a valid instruction. Um, but I would say wives should not normally need to be modest and submissive for the purpose of winning their husbands for Christ. That's, I, I think all the husbands here will say that they're believers, and uh, that, that is not the reason that the wife or wives are... Uh, being modest and submissive, but that—that that is the instruction there. 
And my point is, I'm very sure that Peter and the Holy Spirit did not tell us that women should possess an inner quiet spirit and upright moral character and appearance so men don't need to lead out in these areas and be holy and upright and modest. So <clears throat> the way I think this has been misused, I, I have seen pastors uh, tell women to be submissive to fathers and husbands who were abusive and not modest, uh, but they did not confront the men's abuse and immodesty. In other words, they focused, they focused on the wife. And she may have need to be focused on, but they did not focus at all on the husband. So that's a misuse, I think. A root misunderstanding, another one, is that we believe that a woman's modesty and submission will solve a man's moral and leadership failures. Uh, we misunderstand, I think, both modesty and submission because we believe a woman's modesty can solve a man's moral failure, and we believe a woman's submission, silence, can solve a man's failure to be a servant leader. And uh, th this is uh, the area of this sermon that you might have thoughts about or questions about, and that's fine. So I'm going to say, and uh, what I'm getting ready to say is a result of seeing and hearing uh, in various situations, things said. More modesty and submission often reinforce, they reinforce a man's sinful habits, especially if those are not addressed. In other words, I'm saying more modesty and submission by a wife doesn't automatically solve these problems if they're present. And I, I want to be clear, I do believe it is right for a woman to be modest and submissive, uh, but the truth is that if a man is morally immodest or is an insecure, and I'm going to use a strong word, uh, narcissistic type leader, that is, if he cannot be wrong and has to have the last word, uh, more modesty or submission by the woman will not solve the man's failures and sins. It doesn't. The man needs to grow spiritually and emotionally. The man needs men to walk with him, to speak to him, to, and I'll use the word, confront him. To say to him, this is not okay. This is not Christian. It's not spiritual. It's not biblical. While we instruct the wife and children to be submissive, we need to instruct the man to be loving, respectful, and humble. It is wrong to make women responsible for men's sexual purity. It is wrong to make women responsible for men's inability to lead. If they are out of order, if a woman is out of order in some way, she needs to be addressed. But 
whatever demand issues are, they need to be addressed too. Another root misunderstanding is our view of the purpose of modesty. One purpose of modesty is to express one's inner character. Modesty is an inner character quality that expresses itself in one's manner of life and one's appearance. Requiring women to be modest for the purpose of protecting men from their lust and poor leadership represents a misunderstanding of the purpose of modesty. The purpose of modesty is to express the image of God in a woman, her dignity, her upright character. So what the purpose of modesty is not, it is not to save a man from his lust. I know I'm being really forthright here. And I want to be clear that I am not saying that the exposed bodies of men and women does not contribute to immorality. I'm not saying that. And I'm not encouraging more exposing of skin. I'm saying that it is wrong to make women responsible to solve a man's heart problem. And it's wrong to make the primary goal of modesty be to reduce lust instead of making the primary purpose be to glorify God and reveal the upright character of the heart and the image of God. Uh, another thing I want to say, that the purpose of modesty is not to deliver a man from viewing a woman as a sex object. When a man says a woman is immodest because he feels lust when he sees her bare hands or face, and I happen to know of someone who said that. Or when he notices that she has a body, and then he lusts after her. This is not, this is not, something that more modesty is going to solve. This is his sin. And if she's immodest, she ought to be addressed. But this is his sin and not her sin. And, uh, <clears throat> yeah, we all know this. A woman is more than a sex object. When we demand a woman to be modest and submissive in order to solve a man's moral or leadership values, failures, we violate scripture, make a woman responsible for something she cannot solve, we rob her of her voice, we damage her spirit, undermine her ability to trust, and reduce her ability to express her dignity as a person created in the image of God. So biblical and wholesome ways. You, you realize we don't have a clock up here. Oh, we do. Uh, biblical and wholesome ways to address the modesty and submission issues. When, address, when addressing a couple's difficulties, begin by evaluating the man's contribution to the difficulty. Is the man humble 
Is the man a servant leader? Is the man spiritually and emotionally mature? Is the man selfish? I know, I'm really laying it out. Does the man listen to and respect the woman when she speaks? Does the man respect the woman's thoughts, feelings, things, space, and body? Does the man treat the woman like she is his servant, his property, someone he can control and rule? I, w- I want to say something here. This comes to my mind. <clears throat> uh, not a one of us is perfect, and none of our parents are perfect either. Uh, here's a, I want to say something about my father. Um, uh, I watched I watched this happen many many times. That uh, Mama would ask Daddy if he could get something out of her purse, and I thought this was really really strange. And I have not practiced this. What he did, I he never ever. Uh, opened her purse to get out of it, whatever it was that she asked him for. He always took her the purse. Now, I I don't know. I don't really know what that was about, but uh, I do remember it. Uh, I, I think that was, at least, I don't know what all he was thinking, but one thing he was doing is respecting her space. Um Address the man's needs and challenges before addressing the woman's needs and challenges. For example, it is impossible to admonish a woman into trusting her husband if she knows her husband is into pornography. And I've seen that many times. And I can assure you, it will not succeed. When addressing lack of modesty or lack of submission in a woman, focus first on the inner character and who God created the woman to be. In other words, there's often reasons going on inside that are resulting in the outward immodesty, whether it's dress or behavior. Another suggestion, when a woman wants to speak, what that is, wants to express a concern, give her a voice. <clears throat> now, one thing I've noticed often is that when women have concerns, too often they get shut down. The instruction that a woman be silent is often used to shut a woman up. So even in this uh, admonition that, that a woman should have a tranquil spirit, um, I'll just say it this way. I do not know how a woman can have a tranquil spirit when she's trying to find her voice to talk about the fact that her husband is sexually abusing their children. How is she supposed to be tranquil about that? And that happens. And I I'm saying we need some wisdom in our our instruction to people. If a woman is abusing her husband or children or is immodest, address it. 
And I, don't, I know a few situations like that. Then address, address it. So summary. The Bible is not a rule book. It is the revelation of the living Jesus Christ. Ideally, the first question we should consider when thinking about modesty or any other subject is, who did Jesus Christ create me to be? And how can I best express that by my attitudes, deeds, and appearance? Uh, these are principles. There are principles in Scripture concerning modest attitudes and behavior that, if followed, will result in modesty. And there are... <clears throat> I wasn't sure what to say. Maybe there are very few uh, rules in Scripture concerning... I'm making a difference between principles and rules. There are very few rules in Scripture concerning modest attitudes and behavior that, if followed, will result in modest attitudes and behavior, but there are many principles there if they were followed, and some instructions too that would result in modest attitudes and behaviors. A question we need to answer personally and in our churches is, do my attitudes, words, and actions protect the most vulnerable among us? Or am I the kind of man or woman who is selfish and wants to take from others what I think will meet my needs? Modesty and submission are rooted in humility, unselfishness, integrity, and respect for others. <clears throat> so my last point is, wherein we are guilty of immodesty, lack of submission, lack of humility, selfishness, uh, we can repent. Uh, we can confess that we have not always been right, done right, or had the right attitude. That would be uh, the scriptural response. Confession and repentance would go a long way toward addressing these sins. I want to pray. Uh, Lord, Thank you that you are our creator, the creator of the beautiful world, the ordered world, and beautiful people. And you have called us to be uh, ordered people, modest people in our hearts and in our behaviors in our appearance, in the way that we uh, relate to one another. And I pray that you would instruct us by your Spirit and speak to us and, and teach us how to be uh, the kind of people that, that uh, you call us to. Uh, bless each of us, Lord, and make us a blessing to those around us, and thank you. Amen.